are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information. Separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. No turning back, no turning back. There's no turning back, no turning back. And once you know the truth of Jesus, once the Holy Spirit has invaded you, there is no turning back. And I think this song was so appropriate because of, <laughs> look what Paul did. Everyone said, don't go to Jerusalem. But he knew he was to go to Jerusalem and then off to Rome. And all the roads lead to Rome. It's a saying that's been around for thousands of years. Uh, but what's interesting is if you look at it and you look at that saying, not only do all roads lead to Rome, but it inversely, all roads lead out of Rome. So the furtherance of the gospel spread throughout the earth. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Paul the Apostle. I thank you for all the great men and women of faith that have gone before us. Father, as we read your word today, I ask the Holy Spirit be upon me and upon everyone who hears the sound of my voice. Lord, let your truth, and it is truth, the living word of God, be written not only in the minds, but in the hearts of everyone who hears it. And Lord, if I say anything that is not correct or is not of you, I pray that the record becomes erased. And Father, that I could even have correction brought in. 
So, Father, I pray that not only is this written in the hearts and the minds of everyone who hears this, but, Lord, that your specific message for them to carry out to the world, because just as Paul was called to bring the gospel out to the world, so are we. So I thank you, Father, for sending your Son to die on the cross for me I th- and everyone here. I thank you, Father, that you did not leave us abandoned when Jesus was resurrected, but you sent your Holy Spirit to live not only among us, but in us. There is no greater gift in the world than the living God presiding inside of these temples that you created and you knew us before we were even dispatched here to live on this planet. And you gave us a mission, Father. And I believe we fully agreed to that mission before you even sent us to be in this age. Praise your name, Jesus. I pray for the health of every single person listening, mental and physical. I pray for your provision upon them and upon myself. Father God, that we may have no hindrances or smaller cares that distract us from doing the job that you called us to do. I pray this in the name of Yahweh, my Savior, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday to you. This is going to be a really good one. Of course, this is the final chapter in the book of Acts. And I am excited and privileged to be the one reading it out to you today. Um, so I, I don't normally give the uh, the personal stories, but uh, I was so tired last night. And uh, I know I was on Singapore for just a short little while and I dropped off because I was physically exhausted. And it's not unusual for me to, you know, go to bed between nine and 10, but I was, I was out, out cold by about nine o'clock in the evening. And the Lord woke me up around 11 PM after just two hours of rest. And I had a burden in my heart. Uh, I had not even posted the show that it was going to be happening. So I got up and booted up my computer and posted the show. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a, a an uncomfortable night in the fact that I uh, did not sleep. Uh, but the beauty of it is I got extra study in, and the Lord has given me quite a bit more commentary than I probably would have approached it with. Uh, my prayer is that there's still enough wit left in me uh, to deliver some of that. Um, before we get going, uh, just a uh, a couple things because this is the last, and I and I was very specific in my announcement on Telegram this morning. The last recorded book in uh, in Acts. Uh, that means we're going to be moving on to something else, and you know, it was a, a number of weeks ago. The Lord had uh, put something on my heart. Uh, I'm waiting for confirmation of where we are to go next, but. Uh, I do read all comments. Uh, sometimes I miss the chat, you know, uh, but I do read all comments. So please put a comment in this episode of what book you would like to study next. And uh, I'll certainly look at them, pray over them, and consider each and every one of them. Although I probably will not start a brand new study until the month of November. I think I'm just going to do a couple chapters randomly with uh, with specific messages uh, for the next couple weeks. But stay tuned and uh, just some studies that have been on my heart to, uh, to bring to you. So that is a, is a wonderful thing uh, that we're done here. Oh, and I, I would be remiss if I did not say this. Um, I really feel that the Lord uh, 
has given me a special message to you, the church, at the end of this. It's a very simple message, and I am confident that it aligns with his word and his will. So make sure you stay to the end, and you will understand. I am confident. Well, thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you for this time, and what a privilege it is. Uh, by the way, this isn't Jeff's show. I gave it over to the Lord a long time ago, and uh, hence I'm going more into the ministry side of things, uh, not because I decided it was good, um, although I did make that decision just as the uh, the song proclaims, uh, not because it gets more views, no, it's because it's the only truth that I can find. It's the only truth that I can bring you. And yeah, we do stray from the ministry stuff because we want to bring in non-Christians as well. And then hopefully they stick around for some ministry stuff as well. Uh, oh, I just have so much on my mind this morning. And uh, please pray, pray for clarity for me. So if we uh, remember in the last chapter in the book of Acts, Paul is on his way to Rome and they are shipwrecked. Paul, the prisoner, ends up directing all the things and all the things that they must do. So Paul, the prisoner, becomes in charge of things. And Paul said, we must, you know, basically be shipwrecked on a very specific island. And so they cut the ropes to their lifeboat and they all stayed on the ship because Paul said, if anyone leaves, you're all going to die essentially. And they actually heard him and listened to it. And then the ship smashes on the rocks and all 279 of them were brought to safety. And that is where this chapter picks up. I'll read the entire chapter, and then we will start to study it. When they had been brought safely through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for they kindled a fire and took us all in because of the rain that had started and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began... the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. Now they were all expecting he was going to swell up or finally fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. Now, the neighboring parts of that place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island, named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us warmly for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius was laying in bed, afflicted with a recurring fever and dysentery. Paul went to see him, and after he prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. <clears throat> Excuse me. After this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and being cured. They also showed us many honors. And when we were about to set sail, they supplied us with everything we needed. After three months, we set sail on an Alexandrian ship which had wintered at the island and which had all had the twin brothers 
for its figurehead. And after we put in at Syracuse, we per stayed there for three days. From there, we sailed around and arrived in Regium. And a day later, a south wind came up, and on the second day, we came into Putoli. There we found some brothers and sisters and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And that is how we came to Rome. And from about there, the brothers and sisters, when they heard about us, came from as far as the market of Appius and the three inns to meet us. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. When we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. And after three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of the Jews. And when they came together, he began saying to them, Brothers, thought I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers. Yet I was handed over to the Romans as a prisoner from Jerusalem. And when they had examined me, they were willing to release me because there were no grounds for putting me to death. But when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any accusation against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I requested to see you and to speak with you, since I am wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. They said to him, We have neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor has any of the brothers come here and reported or spoken anything bad about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are for regarding this sect. It is known to us that it is spoken against everywhere. When they had set a day for Paul, people came to him at his lodging in large numbers. And he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. Some were being persuaded by the things said by Paul, but others would not believe. And when they disagreed with one another, they began leaving after Paul said one parting statement. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah, the prophet, to your father, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing and will not understand. And you will keep on seeing and will not perceive. For the hearts of this people have become insensitive. And with their ears they can hardly hear and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles will also listen. Now Paul stayed two full years in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. Bless the reading of your word. All right, just let me scroll back to the top. There are so many lessons in this. And I hope to cover most of them uh, in this time. I want to be respectful of your time. I know, although Paul would preach from morning till night, uh, God has not given me <laughs> that kind of energy or knowledge uh, to this point. To this point, who knows what is in store? So first of all, the the verse one when they had brought been brought safely through we found out that the island 
was called Malta. So Paul said that every one of them would live because the spirit of the Lord came to him and told him so. But there were specific instructions and they followed the specific instruction. And so it came to pass. Each one of them was saved by the Lord, but because Paul delivered the message. So essentially, you know, Paul, by proxy, saved their life. And uh, so you have to understand that these people are pretty grateful, although Paul was a prisoner on that ship. It's very important. Now, the other thing was that they had, Paul had said we had to crash land essentially onto a very specific island. And that island was called Malta. Now, I remember studying this with one of my pastors uh, years ago. And I and he he's a great historian uh, in many ways. He really always painted a picture whenever we studied anything. And he looked at the surroundings and the histories of the area and things like that. And I found it very intriguing. And that's why I've never forgot it. But the island of Malta, I believe, actually means a refuge or like a, an escape. So they actually found escape on an island named Escape <laughs> or Refuge, uh, it might be called. So again, the depth of God's word and the depths of God's plan, God confirms and confirms and confirms his word uh, constantly. Then verse two, the natives who are pagan, and it's clear uh, by what they say about the snake and things like that, uh, in the coming verses, the natives showed us extraordinary kindness for they kindled a fire and took us all in because of the rain that had started and because of the cold. So there's 279 people that came out of the water. It's winter time or it's October, we figure, and they're freezing cold. And the people of this town, this village, greeted them warmly, 279 of them. They built a large fire to warm them. And when it says they showed us extraordinary kindness, I'm assuming they brought them dry clothes. They probably fed them. They housed all hundred, all 279 of them, knowing that some of them were prisoners. Some of them were, you know, a centurion and his people and soldiers, and the other ones were essentially merchant marines who all, didn't always have the best reputation either, by the way. Um, but they housed them and they put them all up. And these are pagans. And I just think of, how much greater is our, our call <clears throat> to show extraordinary kindness? Would you let a stranger stay in your house? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I was not raised in an environment. My parents had very little company. Um, you know, our house was... Uh, just my, my parents didn't set that example for me. So this is something I've been working on for many, many years. Although I, I suspect I'm getting better at it. Um, but would you open up your house? Would you give your clothes? Would you go out in the rain and participate in starting a fire for someone in need? I suspect the answer is yes to all of those yeah, I'd have to pray about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I'd have to talk to my wife first. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Honey, look at the criminal I just brought home. He needs a place to stay. <laughs> um, verse 3. So they got this fire going, 
And, uh, you know, a fire always needs to be replenished. And Paul, the apostle, he's in service to men. He's not for high ground. Look, you know, I just saved everybody, you know, bring it to me. No, no, no. Paul goes out and he picks up sticks. The man is leading by example. And when he goes to lay him on the fire, of course, you know, the inside the bundle of sticks is this viper. And the viper senses the heat, doesn't want to be tossed into the fire, of course. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got a really dry throat. And so it fastened itself onto his hand. And when the people of the island, who clearly know what type of snake this is, they began saying to each other, undoubtedly, this man is a murderer. And though he had been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. And I just want to uh, make a little bit of commentary here. So obviously, you know, the serpent and stuff like that, that's uh, uh, kind of interesting that the Lord would choose for this to happen. And... I'm reminded in uh, in Matthew that, uh, you know, it says that not even the, the poisons, if you're poisoned by a snake, if you drink poison or anything, if you're a apostle or something like these things will have no effect on you, essentially. And there's a lot of churches, in the, especially in the south of the USA, well, maybe not a lot, but actually will pass around snakes and tempt it and... Uh, I just cannot come into agreement with that. I just want to be really, really clear. I don't think we tempt our fate on purpose. Uh, but in a way, it, this was a fulfillment of Jesus' words in saying that. And so the other thing is uh, they start saying he's a murderer. So these are very superstitious people. And... And although he's been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. And I've heard one Bible commentator say, uh, so I'm, I'm just putting this out there. You can fact, you know, I don't know if it's right or not, but it sounds very, very believable to me that justice was actually the name of Zeus's daughter. So these guys in, in Malta had pagan gods. And they were saying that the spirit of justice, their god, has not allowed him to live. However, Paul shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. And they were all expecting him to swell up and suddenly fall down dead because apparently that's what happens when you get bitten by a viper. Now, it didn't say that Paul screamed and jumped up and down, panicking. Uh, you know, listen, if, uh, you know, the, the old uh, story of a mouse coming into the room and, you know, the person jumping on the chair because they're scared of a mouse, right? Uh, how much more would someone be terrified if a viper, a deadly viper, latches onto your hand? But it makes but Luke, the author, makes no mention of that. And Paul's faith was so great. And Paul knew because the Holy Spirit testified to him. And when he was in jail in Caesarea, the Lord came to him and said, You'll go to Jerusalem and then you're going to go to Rome. So obviously, Paul knows he's not going to die on Malta. So he just shook the creature off into the fire and he suffered no harm. They were expecting he was going to swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But they had waited a long time. So when it says that, they're waiting with expectancy. Oh, no, no, just give it an hour. There's no way this guy's escaping it. There's no way he's escaping it. But they had seen nothing unusual happen to him. 
So they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. And obviously, he is not a god, but he is called by God to do this. And uh, <laughs> uh, just amazing. But people were, people are, and by the way, people are just like this today. They're ready to latch on to anything. Can you imagine with the great deception to come, how many people are going to say, oh, he's God. And it actually speaks to that further on when it's talking about the uh, the Jews not having their eyes open or the people of Israel or their ears open. Now, in the neighboring parts of that place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us warmly for three days. Now, so the leading man of the island, I'm going on a limb here saying he's like the governor. He's someone who is in charge of it. And he welcomed us and entertained us warmly for three days. Now, I don't, it doesn't say that it entertained all 279 of them. It does not say that. And so I don't think it did. But Paul, you know, who had just escaped this thing with the snake, uh, surely the stories had been gotten around to them about Paul giving the commands of what they must do to survive the shipwreck and stuff like that. So I think it's Paul and his friends, Luke, obviously, with him. And they're entertained in the governor's mansion, essentially, for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed afflicted with a reoccurring fever and dysentery. So a reoccurring fever, that one kind of stumps me, to be honest. Um, it just sounds like he had a really, really bad bug that would not go away. And I don't know what that is, uh, but, and I didn't look up what dysentery is. I, I'm really not that interested in medical terms, to be honest. Um, but he was laying in bed with this, and Paul went to see him. And after he prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. Now, it's interesting the way that Luke puts this. So first of all, Paul prayed because Paul doesn't have the power to heal anybody. We know it's the Lord. That's why we pray to God for healing. But the way it says it here, he laid his hands on him uh, and healed him. So it's just saying that Paul was being used by God. God obviously spoke to the inner man inside of Paul, said, okay, lay your hands on him. And that's really a demonstration as well, because some people are visual learners. So it's one thing to pray, but I think another, another way, and particularly for those people who learn visually, seeing an example of someone laying their hands on, I suspect really uh, gave a better witness. And I know Paul would have said, hey, it wasn't me. Talk to him. Uh, it's the living God who did this. And after this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases were coming to him and being cured. So the Lord is giving extraordinary favor to use Paul to cure all these people. Now, what it doesn't say, and I, and I think it doesn't need to say it, is after being healed through Paul, you know Paul gave a preach to every one of those people. You know the guy was a preaching machine. Everywhere he went, he was preaching 
the word of God. And so they also showed us many honors. And when we were about to sail, they supplied us with everything that we needed. So they wait out winter, and after three months, we set sail on an Alexandrian ship, so similar to the ship that was shipwrecked, which had wintered at the island, and which had the twin brothers for its figurehead. Now, I I don't know exactly what the twin brothers is, but I suspect it's, uh, you know, another pagan god type of thing they put on and it's probably for protection you know of the ship because a lot of these ships back then would always put up some kind of you know uh, Zeus or something like that on it because the sailors were very well I'm not gonna well religious could be one word I would say superstition uh, more than anything because there's no faith in that Um, it's just you know putting a figurehead on there And after we put in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. From there, we sailed around and arrived at Regium. And a day later, a south wind came up. On the second day, we came to Puccioli. When we found some brothers and sisters and were invited to stay with them for seven days. So you got to remember, Paul is being escorted as a prisoner in chains, but he's given so many privileges. He's staying at the governor's house. He's healing people. People are flocking to him. He's spreading the word of the gospel everywhere he went. And he's meet some brothers and sisters, and I'm sure he's ministering to them. And It says, and that is how we came to Rome. So I assume, it doesn't spell it out clearly here, but I think the assumption is that these brothers and sisters accompanied Paul and his guards on their journey walking to Rome. And from there, the brothers and sisters, when they heard about us, came as far as the market of Appius, and the three inns to meet us. So people were coming from all around to meet. Uh, Paul's creating quite a stir, folks. (laughs) And he thanked God and took courage. So Paul's thanking God for all these people coming to see him. You know, and again, Paul, I don't think was anything to look at, but he was certainly... One of the most, I'm going to say one of the most intelligent men to ever walk the face of this earth. And just look at Paul's life and what he's been through. And I'm going to let you in on a a little secret here. And maybe this is good. (laughs) Maybe it's good for you as well. You know, when we eventually do get to eternity, don't you have questions for Paul? Don't you have questions for for all these great, uh, you know, Elijah. <laughs> you know, I totally want to hang out with Elijah because, you know, the prophets of Baal story is like, just, yeah, listen, I, I see that in myself. I'd be the guy punking them off, going, where's your God asleep? You know, that's just my personality. And, uh, but I want to get near Paul. And so I'm already praying because you got to think there's going to be a lineup, folks. <laughs> there's a lot of people that want to talk to Paul. So I'm praying that the Lord makes way for me to get in to see all of these people. And uh, and here here's the little, well, I, I maybe devious part of my prayer. <laughs> my wife laughs at this. But you know, see, you have to be careful what you pray for. So uh, we're all going to have jobs in heaven, and there's nothing wrong with being a servant. If whatever God calls me to do, that's what I, w- I want to do. I- I'm a servant here. I'll be a servant there. I got no problem. Whatever God puts me, of course, I want to be in charge of you know territories. I want to prove myself to have been faithful in this world and uh, and get the rewards that he uh, dangles in front of us, quite honestly. Uh, so Here's where you got to be careful when you pray for these things. So if you said, oh, Lord, I just I just want to get to know Paul. Okay, be Paul's servant for all of eternity. 
nothing wrong with that. In fact, that'd be a great position, uh, probably a very honored position in heaven. Uh, but I want to get around to all of them, not just Paul. So just a little personal thought there. So Paul the prisoner, being sent to Rome as a prisoner to appeal to Caesar, in verse 16, when we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with a soldier who was guarding him. So Paul gets his own place. And he has a soldier, you know, um, who's staying with him. And, and I'll bet you every one of these soldiers who guarded Paul came to salvation. In fact, if you look in, uh, I think it's in uh, Philippians, it talks about the uh, the governor's house and his armies and stuff like that. And them coming to conversion. And so I really think that this is part of how it happened. Um, but after three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of the Jews. And when they came together, he began saying to them, brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, Yet I was handed over to the Romans as a prisoner from Jerusalem. And when they had examined me, and by the way, so so far, if you're counting, he has been examined or you know had to defend uh, what he's saying five times. They were willing to release me because there were no grounds for putting me to death. But when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any accusation against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I requested to see you and to speak to you, since I am wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. Isn't that a funny statement? He's wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. So if you know what the hope of Israel is, pretty easy answer, actually. Put it into the uh, the chat here. I just want to see who's paying attention. Plus, I want to make sure my mic is on <laughs> so I don't make the mistake I did last time. Uh, who is the hope of Israel? Well, the entire Old Testament speaks of the coming of the Messiah. And they're still waiting. And I know there's a lot of different uh, sects of the Jewish faith now, but uh, if they were not waiting anymore, they would be Christians. <laughs> they would have accepted Jesus. But so... The fathers and throughout history, they were waiting for this Messiah to come. Uh, spot on, Misty River. Yes. All right. And they said to him, We have neither received the letters from Judea concerning you, nor has any of the brothers come here and reported or spoken anything bad about you. So remember um, when uh, the, the last governor, and he was in front of Agrippa, he says, listen, I, I, I need you, Agrippa, to cross-examine him because I have nothing to send to, uh, to, to Caesar, Nero, uh, why I'm sending this prisoner. I've got nothing. The, the, the accusers didn't come. You know, there's, it just sounds like a religious dispute to me from a Roman point of view. Why are we even involved? So it turns out that after his examination with Agrippa, by this, I would put forth that uh, a letter never got sent. Even after the, well, actually Agrippa said, Paul, you almost convinced me in such a short time. And they went on to say, but we desire to hear from you what your views are for regarding this sect. Now, this sect is the way. It's the preaching of the gospel of the death and resurrection 
of Jesus. For it is known to us that it is spoken against everywhere. So the message is getting out everywhere. Obviously, Jesus created quite a stir. But Paul is the one, well, starting with Peter, uh, was, you know, Peter had the first Gentile conversion, uh, a centurion, again, uh, you know, which is a very powerful person. And then it just seems that uh, but Paul has brought it out to the world, the Gentiles. But it, the way is being spoken against everywhere. Now, just think about this for a second. For I don't what 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 is it about four thousand years in the Old Testament thereabouts? They're waiting on a Messiah because Scriptures told them that a Messiah is coming, and yet He says the Messiah came, and everyone is against it. It threatens power, folks. You think the cabal is new? No, no, it goes way back. When they had set a day for Paul, people came to him at his lodging in large numbers. So Paul's set up in his own house and he's a prisoner. So essentially, I, I think he's under house arrest. He has a guard with him at all times. He's chained, can't leave the house. But this prisoner is allowed a lot of privilege. And people are coming to him in large numbers. And he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus. And so he go he talks about from the law of Moses and he, and from the prophets and from morning until evening he would do this whenever they would come. So you know I don't think it's one continuous speech. I'm sure there's a question and answer. There's people challenging him, people you know want to show off their biblical knowledge and challenged the great Paul, and I don't think anyone ever stumped Paul. Again, I, I contend one of the greatest intellects to ever walk this earth. And it, listen, if you want proof that he's one of the greatest intellects, read Romans, which was his last book that he wrote. Read Romans. It's almost beyond measure, the intelligence and the depth in it. And yes, I know it was the Holy Spirit giving the words and all this stuff, but the Holy Spirit used each person in their individuality. So he used Peter when Peter writes things, and he used Timothy, and he used Matthew, uh, you know, and he uses John. And, you know, John's text, his gospel is very simplistic compared to Luke, for instance, who was a doctor and a, a more learned man. He wasn't just a fisherman, sort of. I shouldn't say just a fisherman, but you know what I mean. He was a higher education. And Paul had studied under the greatest teachers. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, and he spoke multiple languages. He knew Roman law. He knew Jewish law. This guy is smart. So nobody... Uh, would have stumped him, in my estimation. And he's using the best tactics he can think of. Like, you know, when the Jews come, here's the law of Moses. Here's what the prophet said. Here's this. And he, and he's doing what whoever's in front of him, he's telling them, using the best argument for them. But yet, only some of them were being persuaded by the things said to, by Paul. But others would not believe. And when they disagreed with one another, they began leaving after Paul said one parting statement. So before I give, get that statement, not everyone you preach to is going to hear you. 
some people are just going to, they're not even open to the discussion. They're not even open to, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't go there. And this is going to happen. It's like the seed that fell on the rock, right? The birds of the air came, picked it up, took it away. Not everyone is going to receive the gospel from you. Maybe they will at some point in time in their life. Maybe you're just planting that seed where they just heard that one thing before they refused you. Uh, And others will entertain it a little bit. And then even others will accept it. And then it'll be gone a couple days later because they go back to their familiar ways. But some people's lives are changed forever. And I mean that strongly, forever. If someone accepts the gift of life from Jesus Christ, it is forever. So if you had 100 people and 10 of them, their lives were changed forever, was it worth it? If it was one, it was worth it. So when they started to disagree with one another, they began leaving Paul and said one parting statement. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to your fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing and will not understand. (laughs) Is there a lot of people like that? Oh, yeah. You know, just before I continue that statement, you know, on Friday I did a couple episodes and one of them I knew I was going to get some pushback on, and I did. Hallelujah. Doing something right. Um, But I got a lot of comments from people who obviously did not even watch the episode. If you saw it, how many times did I say, I'm not coming against the person, I'm not coming against the show? They're prob- they're nice people. They believe what they want to believe. They have free will to believe it. I'm not better than them. They're not better than me. Just that they believe this and I believe this and I'm presenting what I believe. That's it. And man, did I get some hate. If the world loves you, well, you're probably not doing all things right. It's not easy to serve the Lord Jesus Christ sometimes. But I'll tell you, it's biblical what I presented. And uh, I want to thank you. I'm not going to name the names, but there were a couple people who in the comments strongly defended me. I so appreciate you. Listen, I'm in the fight and I do this publicly. I'm putting my face out there. I'm putting my voice out there. I'm putting my reputation out there. I can't do this alone, folks. You know, Paul had his friends with him. Paul had Luke. He had these guys. And I'm sure they ran interference for him more than once. If it's ever on your heart, if I'm right in re- in presenting the gospel, Would you have enough guts to stand up for me? So will you keep on hearing and will not understand? So there's clearly people like that. And they will keep on seeing and will not perceive. For the hearts of this people have become insensitive. And with their ears, they can hardly hear. And they have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes. And hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. You know, I'm also reminded, you know, if you caught the new Goggles series, one of the uh, episodes... It starts off with God's promise to Abraham. And I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. 
And in the beginning of this chapter, these people were blessing everybody who came in and they gave extraordinary, uh, you know, comfort and things to Paul and everyone there. And were they blessed? After he heals the governor's father, everyone who's sick in town came to him and Paul healed them all. So they blessed Paul and they were blessed people. But come against Paul and maybe things aren't going to go so well for you. Therefore, verse 28, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, they will also listen. And if you remember when uh, Paul was giving, I believe it was his second defense when he was at the compound of the Roman soldiers and he's standing on the stairs giving his thing, they were listening to him because he was so well-spoken and he was he knew the passages from the old from the scriptures they knew everything, but as soon as he says, it's going to the Gentiles, man, that's when the riot started. No, we're the chosen people. They can't go to the filthy Gentiles. Some of them still say that. I think God's message is really clear. You, no matter who you are, Black, white, Indian, Asian, Spanish. You were made in God's image. No one is better than anyone else. And the tactics to divide us all is so sad. And it's even more sad People fall for those tactics. But he did bring it to the Gentiles, and many Gentiles received him. Praise the Lord. Now, Paul stayed two full years in his own rented lodging in Rome, by the way. So, you know, if you live close to a big city, and I'm sure it wasn't a fancy house, but if you live close to a big city, he's right in he's right in central Rome. You know, he's probably got a great location. Maybe not a fancy house, but uh, you know, he's being provided for, isn't he? For two years, he's in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came into him. So he just welcomes everyone, strangers, upon masses upon masses for two years. Yeah, come on in. You're going to hear the gospel. I wonder if he, you know, had hors d'oeuvres to serve, you know, with that. I'm sure he was a good host. You know, uh, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Paul is going around picking up sticks to throw in the fire. You know, uh, Paul was always, his heart was there to serve. And uh, the last verse in recorded in the book of Acts is verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. A prisoner waiting to stand trial for a Caesar his own rented place, house arrest, but he's preaching. People are coming to him. He can't go out, but people are coming to him. <sighs> it's kind of a funny way to end the book, isn't it? I'll just read the last two verses again, then I'm going to give you a little bit of a message. Paul stayed two full years in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came to him. 
preaching the kingdom of God and teaching things about the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. It just, it doesn't sound complete, does it? We've had this whole detailed thing about the beginning of the church, and it just ends like that. Well, you know, technically, it, it you know, the, it, it's carried on when you read into, you know, other books like Philippians and Romans, and it continues the book of Acts in many ways, but I really think by leading of the Holy Spirit, Luke, who's a very detailed, probably the most detailed apostle, uh, you know, amongst the gospel writers anyways, just left it like that. And, you know, maybe it was the, the people who did translations and separated by chapters. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen there. But ultimately... God decided to end the book of Acts right there. And here's what I heard overnight. That's because it's not all written. You are the church. And the mission of the church is continuing. And there's a reason why we studied the book of Acts, the very beginning of the church. And that's because God is not going to bring revival. That's right. I really believe I heard this from the Lord. God is going to bring restoration restoration of his church and lord shows us an example of what his church looked like in acts he is going to bring restoration to his church he's going to bring restoration to his people and you remember in the very earliest days of the church Thousands and thousands were added in just a day. It spread like wildfire. This is the time that we're coming into. I do firmly believe in my heart God is going to be restoring, not that He ever took them away, those gifts but he's going to be restoring them. When you walk by someone, when you're walking in the Lord, in the Spirit, your shadow will heal people. When stuff like that starts to happen around you, will people want to listen to what you have to say? Yeah. Get to know the scriptures. Look, you guys, uh, for those of you, the podcast is two years old now. You're seeing my journey live right before your eyes. Folks, I'm a very imperfect man, but God has been working on my heart severely. And I like where this is going. I personally am of the opinion, and I want to be clear, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that time is short. Eternity is long. Love not your life unto death. Just as Paul knew when he was going to go, and he says, I have run my course, and now my crown awaits me. The promises of God are right and true. And God is unable to break his promise. Serve him. You will be rewarded for all of eternity. Um, 
hey, thanks for joining. Remember, write in the comment, and, and if you can, hit a like button. Uh, but write in the comment what study you would like to see us do next, and I will prayerfully consider it, most certainly. And uh, listen, if you are able to support the show, I do have a PayPal, and uh, I have a patron as well. Uh, the patron is really kind of money I can count on because it's uh, it's monthly. It's a monthly giving. And uh, and if it shows up on your credit card, it does show up as the speaker's company. I do that for tax purposes so I can get actually more of the money that's donated. Uh, but thank you for all of you who do that. And thank you all for being here. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the Book of Acts. Please hit like, as I say, leave a comment. And uh, until next time, may God richly bless each and every one of you. And remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.